Hey, what's going on there, Youth Pastors? Paul Turner here from the DiscipleProject.net and your host of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. How are you today? What is going on in your world? And listen, if you're brand new here to the show, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a part today. And uh, I hope you like it so much that you'll come back. And of course, if you're a regular listener, an OG, like Courtney Ham, who joined our Facebook group the other day, welcome in, Courtney Ham. Appreciate you listening and being a part of the show and also if you're interested in joining the facebook group i'll put a link down in the show notes below and hey come hang out it's a great way to leave feedback about the show ask questions uh, uh, make recommendations for questions i should handle here on the show so if you would like to do that we would love to have you now today we have dan isvinick he is a uh, og speaking of ogs he's an og youth pastor he's a family pastor he is the uh, owner of Youth Men Hub, and uh, he's going to be on the show today talking about what it means to raise the bar. So you're going to be hearing, you know, 50 years worth of experience in youth ministry and family ministry. So get out your notepads, get out your phone and open up whatever note app you like using, because I believe you're going to love what Dan has to say. So before we get into the show, I want to tell you about a resource I've just written. It is called Hope, and it is based on the new song from NF. If you're not familiar with NF, NF has been around for a minute. He's has five albums. He's gone through some mental health issues. He has topped the charts on iTunes. His videos for his music, for his songs, are cinematic. They all connect. And although he does not use blatant Christian lyrics, clearly he is a person of faith and he is reaching the masses. So if you were interested in doing a study on hope, on about the duality of our old nature, new nature, because that's what the video is really about for hope. It's about Nate, uh, which is, that's his name, Nate NF, uh, that Nate is, you know, dealing with this new nature, you know, he's dealing with this new person he's going to be, and he's got his old nature harassing him. And I thought, man, that's a great Bible study to work with teenagers on because, you know, how many times, uh, even us, I mean, as adults, our past kind of tries to rise up and annoy us and, and harass us and try to drive our, our behavior uh, based on past things. But the Bible says we're all new creatures in Christ, and that's that's the take I, I have in the Bible study. So if you're interested in a full Bible study with the message, the slides, discussion questions, a game, all that kind of good stuff, just sign up for my newsletter. It'll be a link down in the show notes there. Sign up for the newsletter, and in the newsletter, you're going to get twice a month. Uh, you're going to get videos. You're going to get recommendations. You're going to get uh, resources. You're going to get all that good stuff because my goal is to equip you to build a successful youth ministry and to give you all the tools you need to get the job done. All right. So that is it for that. And now it is time to raise the bar with my friend, Dan. All right. I want to welcome to the show, Dan Isvanek. He is the family pastor at Abadu Christian Church and the owner of Youth Ministry Hub. Also a good friend of mine. Uh, he's, we, we've, uh, Eight together. We've uh, done some <laughs> ministry together at Youth Specialties. Uh, we've done some things together there, Dan. It's good to see you. Yeah, nice to see you again. And uh, you were just talking earlier about uh, the weather, and you're in Chicago now. Is that right? We are. We're in Chicago almost three years now, so we get that nice windy city snow going on outside today. So it's nice and cold. Nice and nice. cold. Nice. Home of the bean. Home of the bean. Yes. Um, 
So Dan, we, we were talking and, uh, you know, we wanted to say, what do we want to talk about today? And I think that what fits in our wheelhouse today, we want to talk about raising the bar that youth pastors, individuals who are leaders in the youth ministry, they are the youth pastor, they are the head person. Uh, and we talked about raising the bar individually. I felt, I felt like that's a good place for our audience because I think that fits in our wheelhouse, the things that I like to talk about, the things I think that our audience likes to hear. And, uh, and so you tell me then, what does a low bar look like for a youth pastor? What is a, what is a low bar? Wow. <laughs> a low bar. Well, yeah. I, I think in a lot of ways, sometimes, I mean, you coming into a church, especially a young youth pastor, you see the bar really lowered in expectations for you. Um, and that's, that's the concern. I mean, we're seeing a lot of that. And I'll see the problem is that people are accepting it. They're accepting the low bar of like, oh, well, you're just a, a flaky, young, you know, fresh out of college guy, gal, um, you just kind of hang out with kids, you play dodgeball, you eat some pizza, and maybe you read a Bible verse to them before you go home. And I think there really needs to be a bar of expectation that raised, but also we need to raise our own expectation and our professionalism, you know, showing that we are not just, you know, uh, I mean, you and I have been talking about it. We're, I mean, 28 years, 30 years doing this. Um, this is a profession. This is not just a quick thing we do because we can't figure out what we want to do with the rest of our lives. And so as we I mean, coming into a new church, we really want to raise the bar to the top. And I tell a lot of people, I talked to my, my young uh, youth director I just hired. I said, hey, there's a difference between perfection and excellence, that we need to bring excellence into our ministry. I'm not expecting perfection. And that's where we need to be. So where have you seen this on a local level? Where have you seen a low bar? What are some, what would you consider low bar practices. And I, I will, I'll jump into something else you said earlier, yeah. but just give me some examples of what you're looking at across <laughs> the, the playing field of youth ministry, what you would consider low bar practices, if you will. For sure. I think one of the things that really is kind of, it's a kind of a joke among senior pastors and honestly other staff members, but across the board is, is the youth pastor that's flaky, that forgets uh, appointments, shows up late to things, doesn't dress professionally, doesn't return emails, uh, sends out emails without, you know, correction, grammar, um, you know, gets up on a Sunday morning and doesn't talk like an adult, talks like a kid, tries to use, you know, hip, cool terms with the senior adults doing announcements. And all those things just set a, set you up for losing respect in front of everybody else. And uh, it's, it, I see it all the time. And I laugh about it. I coach young youth pastors and I say, you know, I'm not trying to change who you are, but you have to understand your context of ministry. You know, when you're talking to students, dress, you can act dressed like a student, you act like kind of a little bit like a student, you know, you can be kind of more relaxed, but when you're a professional and you're in front of adults that are professionals, you need to act in accordance. I mean, I think a great way that I learned this really quickly is I was youth pastor for two years in Washington, D.C., about nine miles of the Pentagon. My senior pastor walked in and said, you are now at a higher expectation because of who you minister to. These kids' parents are lieutenant colonels, colonels, generals coming for the Pentagon. They walk in this building in their military blues they're expecting to see you in some semblance of respect and professionalism. You sitting here in flip-flops and cut off two shorts is not going to cut it for a guy who just left, you know, the Pentagon to come have a meeting with you about his child. And that, you know, to me, really raised the bar for me and my expectations, but it's based on context. You know, I was a youth pastor in Louisiana for many years, years ago, and it's a different expectation. I mean, I'm talking to, to guys coming straight off the, off the farm, walking in. You know, I want to be a professional. I will raise the bar in my expectations for them and for myself, but it's a different expectation. I mean, they're not expecting me to be in a shirt and tie like some churches have required, but it's understanding what the bar is 
And that's a huge thing. One of the conversations I had recently with a group of youth pastors is understanding expectations. You know, the, the biggest thing, frustration, anger, disappointment in your ministry on your side, but also in the side of your parents, your staff is going to be not understanding and not clearly articulating what you're expecting or what's expected of you. Yeah, such a good point, Dan, because there, the the area context matters. What is high level in Louisiana is not high level in Washington, D.C., right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, in Washington, in Washington, uh, you know, I mean, look, these, these are folks, you were serving folks that could drop a, a, a bunker buster on your house if you wanted, yes. if they wanted, if they're <laughs> if they wanted. Wanted proper attention, right? It, it could happen. You know, your house could get strafed just, you know, just as a yeah. warning, this is just a warning, warning, you know, that my child, you need to let my child come on the retreat. Yeah. <laughs> You know, why did, I, why did you cut my daughter from the worship team? You know, had that conversation. That's right. And you got people <laughs> with black sunglasses and earpieces showing up, you know, just driving past your house, you know, just reporting on things. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm not allowed to talk about that anymore. We, that's right. We, yeah, there's a lot of things we're not allowed to talk about. Not allowed to talk about things. We don't talk about that anymore. Why is this bad for youth ministry in general? Why, why is the bar and setting the bar so low? Why is that bad for youth ministry in general? I think it really comes down to longevity. I mean, personal longevity, but also longevity of position. When your bar is set low and you set your bar low, you're easier to be fired or let go, uh, to be real. I mean, if you are doing a job with a high level of excellence and you're trying to do your best and you're presenting yourself as a professional in on a staff, you know, you're not looked at as expendable. And that's that's a hard truth, but there's a lot of young guys and gals that I talked to that are like, well, we got fired. And I'm like, okay, or we're being let go. And it was an easy, it was an easy one for our church because we've just continued to kind of set our bar so low and we allow our, our bar to be set low. And I think it really comes down to commitment. I mean, I, I talk a lot to young youth pastors about, you know, the, the levels of excellence that we need to have good communication, high character, high commitment. And better communication and the kind of the, the four C's of really mm -hmm. raising that bar. Well, yeah. And, and I love that because, you know, there's so many uh, youth pastors that are not uh, the, the goal. And I think what you're saying is you look, you need to make yourself indispensable. You need Absolutely. to be, you need to make yourself a linchpin in some way as a youth pastor, because if you are dispensable, if you are, look, if we can get trained monkeys to come in here and <laughs> do what you do, we don't need you. Yeah. And so you have to be, and I think a lot of that has to do with relational capital. It has a lot to do with investment. It has a lot to do with how people receive you. If the general congregation doesn't like you or doesn't like your flip-flops or like your, whatever, <laughs> whatever your jam is, if they feel like they can do without that, they're going to let the pastor know. The board's yeah. going to let you know that, that the, you know, that, you know, we can, we can live without that. That's fine. Yeah. We can find somebody else that can do that. That can like wear proper shoes on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I, I think uh, you were mentioned indispensable. A great book is called the Indi indispensable youth pastor that I've taken my, yeah. my interns through numerous times. I'm taking my, uh, my current student director through just kind of walking through just basics, just saying, Hey, let's just make sure that we are setting the, the bar at a, at a better level. Um, so that, you know, anybody who looks at us says, Hey, this ministry is here. You know, it's, it's above, above average. And it's really saying, hey, we want to make sure that we're indispensable, but our ministry is indispensable. But it's comes a priority. When you put a ministry of excellence in front of parents, so they they can they can start prioritizing your ministry. We have all these people, oh, well, parents prioritize other stuff besides us. Well, some yeah. of those other things are done in such a way with some excellence that 
I'm, I'm going to choose, choose to have my kid go to that instead of this because they're running at a level of excellence. I mean, that, that coach, that sports team, that drama department is running an excellent program. Right. And your program is, eh, you know, it's it's dispensable. It is. It's it can come, become secondary or third in our list of things because my kid's getting more here out of this this other thing. Uh, that a hundred percent, and that's exactly too what uh, Andrew Root talks about in his book, Absolutely. In Youth Ministry. He talks about look, parents are going to make choices based on things like excellence, things like what makes my kid happy. Well, you know what, disorganization and crappy relationships and and lack of communication and all this other stuff. If it's just, uh, you know, such a low bar type of thing that you're just throwing things together, it's easy to make the other choice. You, you know, we as youth pastors cannot make it easy for parents and others. We should make it hard for them to choose between that retreat that we're planned yep. and that band camp. We should make it hard for the summer to yeah. go on the missions trip or to go on, you know, uh, some trip with you, you know, to do uh, baseball and travel ball. You know, we should make it hard for them in some ways, right? Because we're, because if the level of excellence is there, if at least it matches, right, to yep. what is being offered, we're at least being competitive. But if we're not, if we're not trying our best, if we're not planning our best, if we're not offering our best in all areas, then we are conceding that what we have is less than and that you should go ahead and choose otherwise. Yeah. One of my most popular posts on my, my website, Youth Men Hub, is the 10 reasons why kids choose sports over student ministry. And I mean, yeah. it's got a ton of, of, of uh, responses, people pro and con to what I had to say, but there's yeah. 10, I think, very, very good reasons as a sports dad, right now there are youth pastors who are maybe sports dads too, but here's why, I mean, I understand why parents do choose, in some cases, choose sports or, over youth ministry. And there's 10 reasons. And one of those things is really is, is the level of excellence, excellence of leadership, that we have a coach that's high level, and then they come to church and there's this guy and guy or gal and, you know, they're maybe younger, maybe older, but they're not bringing that expectation, that presentation of right. competence, competence, even if it's perceived competence is a big deal. Right, right, right. And we're not talking, like you said, we're not talking about perfection here. We're just talking about a reasonable sense that can I trust you that what you're going to do is going to be a value to my child? Is it going to be valuable or is it just another thing? Is it just another thing on my calendar? Does this thing have purpose? Does it have, uh, you know, some direction? Is it going to benefit my child in some way other than just fulfill your agenda, you know, to mm -hmm. fulfill your numbers goal, to fulfill your whatever? Is it a quality, quality <laughs> program? And I'm going to put another book, by the way, I'm going to put that link uh, to that book, The Indispensable Youth Pastor. I'll put that down in the show notes. And I'm also going to put um, Seth Godin's Lynchpin. It's Absolutely. It's a great book. Great book. Uh, about finding it being indispensable. I'm going to put that down there as well, because I think those two books together will give you a very good perspective about, about how to make yourself invaluable to others. What are some incremental ways that you think that youth pastors can raise the bar, small changes they can make that could really make a difference in how their ministry is perceived? Absolutely. What's that? I mean, I have the kind of those th three C's in front of me that I, I use in, in coaching young youth pastors. Uh, one of those is first thing is communication. Uh, making sure that your communication is constant, consistent, and clear, um, always. And making sure that you go back, do quick grammar check. It's not going to download Grammarly, pay the money, but don't send out emails that are, you know, that are just look like they, you know, there was somebody from a 10th grader sent them out and they had to spell check them. 
um, competence, just presenting yourself in a way that shows that you you can do your job and you're you're good at your job. Something that I do is we put out a, a year long calendar so parents know and they can plan ahead for what we do. So every September we sit down with a calendar. We have the big rocks. Obviously, don't want every little thing, but the big events for every single month. And then we already have camps, summer camps, retreats, you know, conferences, mission trips, all planned out all the way for a year ahead. But that just shows competence. Like, oh, this person thought and planned ahead. Something that I do personally, and we, we've done for many years, is I have a scope and sequence of teaching so that parents know exactly what I'm teaching over the whole entire year. And actually, we've created an eight-year scope and sequence, so fifth to 12th grade. They know when we're teaching, how we're teaching it, what topics we'll cover, in what order. Very much, very similar to what the education model is of scope and sequence, uh, statewide standards. And what happens is it just shows the parents like, oh, they're thinking ahead about me. And it's simple. I mean, scope and sequence is a bit harder to develop. But it's something that you can do, even if you have, have curriculum, you have scope and sequence, a lot of times your curriculum, just share it. Um, I think another thing is just that idea that we are there and we're, we're presenting character, that when a parent cocks to us, can, brings a complaint to us, we address them back as a fellow adult, look them in the eye, respond to them. But, you know, the um, the awe, uh, the no response just shows a lack, so just presents itself as a lack of character. And those are those couple of things like, oh. Okay, they're willing to engage me, hear my critique, which is hard, let's be real, but they're willing to listen. Um, honestly, we even invite conversations of listening. Like, how can we sit down and listen to you? We have three key parent meetings a year, and part of that parent meeting is just listening. We want to hear from you. I know I've presented all my information. Tell me, tell us what we can do better, what you would love to see happen. And then we try to invite conversations. Hey, can I have you out for coffee? You know, we spend a lot of times as youth pastors going out with students, you know, going to schools, wherever we can do, wherever we're allowed to do in our culture currently. But it's always a welcome to call it, you know, a fellow dad and say, hey, I'm going to take you out for coffee. Or if you're, even if you're not a dad, calling a dad and saying, hey, can I have an hour of your time to buy a cup of coffee? I would love to hear about your life, your family. And then also just, I would love to hear some, some feedback of what we're doing in youth ministry. And it's hard to hear some of those things, but immediately buys a whole lot of competence and it shows character. Right. And you are building, you, you are building capital is what you're oh, doing. Absolutely. You're, you are building capital for a future decision you may have to make or a future conflict you may have. Uh, because if you're showing competency all along, there, people are going to then assume the best of you, not the worst. It's not going to be, oh, that, you know, idiot, you know, yeah, right. did this thing. They're not going to assume that just, be, you know, that that lazy or that guy or that girl or whatever. I think the last thing is commitment is really so many parents I interact with is how long will you really be here or how, oh, you guys hired someone, will you really last? And we want to present ourselves as, no, this is a committed role. This person we hired me, you know, as a, as the faith pastor of my church, we are here because we care about you. I'm not looking for this to be a stepping stone. I'm looking for this to be, and maybe even if it is, don't make it obvious, you know, don't talk about, you know, your, what you're looking for next. Cause kids are going to turn off. Parents are going to turn off. Uh, they're not going to look at you as, as someone that's permanent. If yeah. you're not saying, Hey, I'm committed to being here and committed to you. Yeah. And that's a, and that's hard. I mean, I, I'll be real. I mean, I was a youth, I, when I was a youth, ninth to 12th grade, we went through four college age youth pastors in four years, young adult, young guys that were at college or just out of college. And we rotated through those guys four times, four times. And we just knew the next guy coming in, we're like, man, we're not going to listen to him. <laughs> we're not going to, parents didn't really listen to him. And we just knew, you know, based on the experience we had, 
And it's hard. Sometimes you have to live that down. And that's, and that's tough. It's a tough place to be. It is. It is a tough place to be. And, and you listen, college guys, if you're listening, is this yeah, no we love you. on you? Okay. There's plenty of college guys that are doing a great job, but like I said, not everybody, not all college folks are equal. You make such good points about um, the communication part and about character and about commitment and about these things are, I mean, these are things that there's no class for that per se. Right. You, those are things you have to work on. Those are things you have to just say, I'm going to do it. Uh, so, but the question that I would say, my, my last question would be is how then can youth pastors avoid raising the bar too high? You know, Absolutely. so like the, the, I don't know if you did scope and sequence and this is going to sound <laughs> really bad. I don't know if you did scope and sequence in Louisiana, right? There's going to be some <laughs> communities and churches that could give a rip less when yeah. you did a year long teaching plan. It's all scaled to yeah. the level of the community you're in. They, you have to scale to the level, to the bar. You're like, listen, if you're expect, if the bar is up there to where it says, look, we expect you to be at, you know, uh, you know, hospital visits. And that's kind of mm-hmm. like a major thing. Well, then you got to raise the bar up. You got to be at all these hospital visits or you got to mm-hmm. be at the seniors meeting or whatever that is. <laughs> so I don't know if you did scope and sequence, but you, but you can raise the bar too high, you know, almost saying, Hey, I'm possibly better than you. <laughs> and so let me, let me show you how to do this thing. Okay. So how do yeah. we avoid <laughs> this problem, Dan? Cause there's some guys that do it. I've done it. I've done it. So yeah. I know I think we've all been there. Young, I mean, young pastors in Louisiana, I set the bar way too high because I came in and did everything the first six months. I'm going to do it all. I have these great ideas, these big ideas. I didn't pace myself. And so once you raise the bar, once you say, well, you know, he came out to every single game the first six months, or he did these seven events in, in, within the first six months, why is he only doing three events in the next six months? You know, to be very fair, I mean, you know, high energy youth pastor comes in and says, hey, I want to impress everyone. Yeah. I tell people, once again, talk to young youth pastors, say, pace yourself, come up with the ideas, spend about six months learning the culture, learning the area, then not that you're not doing anything for six months, build a relational equity, do events that are relational based, do great things, and then find the sweet spots that you're going to put your energy in because you will burn out. That's the reason why you'll leave early and you won't be committed is you'll burn out. We talked to youth pastors all the time and said, set the bar lower and then work your way up to the spot you want to be in. You know, there's certain things that might need to happen immediately. Set that bar there, go for it, but don't set it so high that it's not, um, not consistent and not attainable for the long haul. It's, it's, a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It really is. And if you're sprinting, you will live up to all the weird stereotypes of two to three year youth pastors because, hey man, he burned out after two yeah. years. He stayed for another year and then he was gone or she was gone. But setting that, that bar at a point where you work your way up. And once again, a great article I, I put out that's had some great feedback was we have a, an article called uh, New Sheriff in Town. Um, on my website, and it's all about having six bullets, walking in with two big bullets, four small bullets, spending six months choosing your targets, firing those bullets well, and then waiting another six months to build relational equity to reload your gun, sorry for the anti-gun people, but reload your gun to restart the next things that need to happen. And there's, there, you buy that, you walk in with those already some bullets, you're new, you have some you know, honeymoon periods, so you have some easy, easy spots, you know, take the ones you need to take, Hold, the, hold those bolts you need to hold on to, but only choose two big, big things, 
four small things and then wait, earn your, earn your relationship equity and then fire those next shots after you built relationships, but you also invested in the, in the ministry, find out what you're shooting at. Cause I talk, talk all the time and I walked in first three weeks and I fired this person. I renamed the ministry. I, I changed the logo. We bought, rebranded everything. And I'm like, wait, at least six months before you, you know, you let leaders go, you rebrand, you, you know, rename the church. I mean, whatever you just wait, wait six months. That's right. Rename the church without the pastor's permission. Oh, pastor, while you were going on vacation, I renamed the church and uh, we put a new sign out there. So hope you like it. Well, you know, uh, Don <laughs> talks about the ceiling, right? Yeah. There is a ceiling yep. and you, and you can't raise the bar higher than that ceiling and that whatever that ceiling is in your church, you have to say, look, I can't, there's some things I, I can't go past or shouldn't go past for authority reasons, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to, you're not, you're not trying to outshine anybody. You're not trying oh, to outshine yeah. the pastor. You're not trying to outshine the board. You're not trying to say, look how smart I am. Look how cool I am. You can literally raise the bar so high that you raise yourself out of a job. Tell me this is right, Dan. You can't <laughs> take the Washington template and put it on top nope. of the Louisiana uh, church. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or can you take the Louisiana template and put it on top of the uh, Washington church that you served in? Is that is that right? Oh, absolutely. And that's one again, once again, those big mistakes, little mistakes is youth pastors who I have a one, I did this at one church, it's going to work everywhere. Or this worked when I was a youth group kid and I have to do ministry this way. And if we're not flexible enough, to change and to adapt our ministries to the people and to our students, we will be out of a job. And I, once again, you have these conversations. Well, when I was in youth group, well, that was 20 years ago, or that was five years ago, or that was 10. Also, that was context. You lived, you grew up in the country, you're now in the city. You know, I live, I live in just outside of Chicago. I can see the skyline from Chicago. We live in a very, to be very, very real, affluent area. What's going to work? What worked maybe in like Philadelphia, where I came from? In a more of a suburb, more you know, middle class blue may or may not work here. Blue collar, blue nothing wrong. But you, but you can't just go. All right, but even my my lessons, my games, my activities. You know, if I'm in an area that's affluent, you know what? Some of the things I do just are not going to work because well, those kids can do all these other things. So you need to be a little more creative sometimes. But there's just you're not going to impress people. And if you're out to impress your kids or impress parents, that's really going to be a hard spot to be in because you're always working. And that's where we raise that bar. I have to impress. I have to impress. Don't impress anybody. Do yeah. ministry. Make sure the God's word is being spoken. Find some creative ways to do what you do, but get to know your, your students and then find out what they like. Not to, what impresses them, but what they enjoy, what's going to get their friends to come and enjoy, you know, because there's these quick little flashes that we do in ministry. We all know the tricks, you know, but longer the gone are the days of the big event where you bring in the big speaker, the big band, you have a big flash, and then everybody comes in and they stick around for the next year or two. It's, I mean, the events we do them, they'll show up for one, two weeks, they're gone. And we need right. to think about sustainability. That's so right. Sustainability. It's, it, well, it was an excellent event. It was, a, it was a perfect event. Well, the excellence is week in and week out, consistently doing what you do and doing it well. Not trying to, well, I, once a year I do this big event and I do that. That's my big thing. And I'm going to live off that. We could, I mean, let's be real. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, we could live off of the momentum of a couple big events that's and right. everybody, everybody loved us. Yep. That's not happening anymore. Especially yep. post COVID. Post COVID, it's a whole different world we're living in. It takes a lot. Look, it takes a lot more work than doing one event, two events a year. Okay. It's a lot more work to incrementally raise the bar and say, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to work on the three C's you talked about, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk, I'm going to, I'm going to work on 
not uh, raising the bar too fast, right? And that's it. The youth worker, mm-hmm. it's more work. Where you, you, where you used to rely upon the events, now you have to work on your character. Now yeah. you have to work on your, it's just more work. Uh, but in the end, it's better for you as a youth pastor. It's better for you uh, to, to, for sustainability purposes. It's better for you to do that because a person mm-hmm. that can throw big events is one thing. A person that can work on his character incrementally, wow. show yeah. up every day, every week, show up, that's far more valuable than a person that can throw a couple of big events together. Yeah. You said keyword work. Youth ministry is work. And for, you know, nothing against my young youth pastors listening in, but I want to be real. 28 years, 30 years with you, it's been a job. It's, I mean, not just a job, but it's been work. We go show up, we're putting in time to make sure that we day in and day out show up. And that's sometimes it's just showing up, you know, that youth pastor that sleeps in, comes in late, you know, in his pajama pants and hangs out in the office and plays video games. That's, that's not, that's not reality. Right. (laughs) And that's, that the expectation is not going to be met. And parents and students and even staff are going to look at you like, You're, I'm, I can't take you seriously. And that's hard. That's a hard truth. And I talk to, you know, college students. My wife, my daughter is in at Moody Bible. I talk to young guys who are talking about youth ministry. And I was like, um, can I tell you about the reality of my job? I love what I do. But understand, it is a, it is, there is work that has to be done. There is a job element to what I do. I don't spend all day praying and reading the Bible. I do spend a lot, as much time as I can. But there's a whole lot of paperwork, a whole lot of budgets. That's right. Sometimes there's there's some maintenance. I gotta go. My maintenance crew calls me and said, "Hey, we need to clean this stuff up." I've I'm I'm not above cleaning toilets. So like, let's, right. let's be real. In fact, that's your that's gonna be the first thing. If you're unwilling to clean toilets, you should probably not do youth ministry. You probably should just get out now. I'm just gonna say that. Okay, uh, but yeah, but Dan, thank you so much, boy. This is such good information. This is. Uh, uh, just been a masterclass, I think, on on really on really working on raising the bar individually and the work that, um, that you're that that we're encouraging that you're encouraging youth workers to take on. And if you're watching this or you're listening to this, uh, be sure to go ahead and reach out to Dan. Dan, once again, is he is the family pastor at Abadu Christian. Uh, he is the owner of uh, Youthman Hub. All the links will be down below. I'll link all those articles he talked about. They're great articles. I've used a lot of Dan's materials, especially this past Christmas. Used a lot of games, <laughs> a lot of things like that. So he's got resources. He's got some great stuff. Uh, but Dan, go ahead and let everybody know, other than those areas, where can other people reach out to you if they want to uh, ask questions or just get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like every all of us, we're on social media. So you can find myself or Youthman Hub on, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Snapchat chat i mean we're kind of everywhere wherever you need to be we just want to be out there and be available um my email is a part of that website so it's really is, is dsvanic at youthmanhub.com you can email anytime um i try to keep my my messenger open as much as i can on all the different you know for platforms so it's not unusual for me to hit receive you know messages and just quick hey i need quick help with tonight or hey this thing can just happen with my pastor I am more than willing to be available that's you know part of what my heart is secondary beyond student ministry is to help youth pastors stay in youth ministry. That's my, my heart. And the same thing with my wife. Uh, we don't talk about it a ton, but my wife is super available to wives and women in ministry. And she's done a lot of things and she's available as well through my website, just to give some encouragement to uh, the wives and to you know women in ministry. Dan, thank you so much. Thank you for your 28 years thus far. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I, you got, I, I think you got a few more in you. 
So uh, stick with it, brother. Appreciate you coming on today and encouraging uh, the folks that are listening and watching today. Well, thanks for having me on. Wow, what a great interview with Dan. I hope that you are inspired. I hope that you are challenged to raise the bar. I hope that you're you're just excited to put into practice the things that Dan talked about today. And it's going to help you. It's going to help you in the short term. It's also going to help you in the long term. I also hope that you'll reach out to Dan. You'll go visit his website at the Youth Men Hub. And uh, you'll catch him online there somewhere. Ask him some questions. And, uh, and just bless him. And say, hey, man, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. But that is the episode for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you being a part today. If you would, uh, I would ask you one last thing. Would you just take a moment to uh, review this podcast, your stars, your five stars, and your uh, review, your recommendation uh, means the world to me because I know that it helps in the algorithms. It helps uh, reach other people. And uh, that's what I want to do. I want to reach other people and reach other youth workers like yourself. Will you help me do that? And just head over there for a second and go leave some uh, stars and a review. That'd be awfully helpful. And I will be happy to read your review right here on the air. And just remember, everybody, if nobody's told you lately that you're doing a good job, well, let me tell you, you're doing a good job and you're just going to get better. I'll catch you guys in the next episode.